Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. Welcome everybody to a very special Scare Guy show, Home Edition. This is the place for insider opinions and news on horror conventions, scary things, horror movies, anything that's kind of scary fun, including Halloween. And today is halfway to Halloween, so we're having a halfway to Halloween celebration. Normally, we would have a halfway to Halloween party, but with everybody inside tonight, just join us right here. We're going to have the party right here on the Scare Guys show. And this week, we are celebrating halfway to Halloween with one of my favorite horror enthusiasts, one of the coolest guys I've ever met, Anthony Massey. He makes documentaries, holds core events, and produces super cool week-long virtual event celebrating my favorite horror franchise, Halloween. I'll let him tell you about that in just a minute. We'll talk Halloween, Haddonfield, what's up with Michael Myers and everything else under the full moon tonight. Who do we have with us tonight? Katie, please introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Katie, AKA Sister the Scare Guy, the final girl of the Scare Guy. And yeah, excited to get in the Halloween spirit since it's already a little spooky right now. I know, we are trying to save Halloween. Ben, introduce yourself, please. Hey, everybody, my name is Ben Cleaver, and as you can already tell, my call's coming from inside the house. <laughs> All right, Cheeseman. And I'm Cheeseman in the chair, not on the couch right now, but I am here with thescareguy.com. All right, and in the booth, trying to keep us all straight, Ryan. Yes, it's a really scary time for all of us, and we're halfway to Halloween. October 31st. Can't wait. Right. <laughs> <Sykes> <laughs> <be on the laughs> I was like, yes, that is the correct date for Halloween. Good job, Ryan. I was trying to do the we math. Guess. I was like, is it actually halfway? Is, is that at Yes, it's halfway. As close as we can get, really. Exactly. <laughs> All right, and in the house with this, well, actually not in the house with this tonight, in his house with this collectively here celebrating halfway to Halloween tonight. And... Yeah, Pumpkin started screaming. Did we get a live scare gym moment? How is this even happening? <laughs> Anthony Massey, please introduce so yourself. That was so You can't and see me not take opportunities to scare Jim. Wait, 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 guys. No, Anthony, we got a special guest tonight, Anthony Massey. Yes, I'm Anthony Massey. I'm loving the concept of this show about halfway to Halloween because it seems like every year, Halloween fans, they stretch out the season from like October, <laughs> now it's September, it goes into August. I mean, this is ridiculous, but uh, I love it. I love it. I'm glad to be here. And these are my awesome They Live glasses. I love those. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, but I got to say, let's talk about something that's ridiculous, stretching out Halloween all year. In just a minute, we're going to hear about what is it that happened with you last week? What happened with me last week? In, in relation to Halloween. Well, what happened to me last week? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Didn't you like feature like five nights of special behind the scenes? Yes, okay. <laughs> I've been drinking. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait, we booked the wrong guest. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, we did um, something called Dr. Dementia's week long slashathon. Yeah. And he was at the um, lostriverdrivein.com website. And it was five nights of just free, super rare Halloween footage. Um, you know, we're all kind of trapped at home, at least most of us are. And so I was like, oh, what can I do to like entertain people? So I went and found all my old VHS tapes where we had 
I mean, I'm talking like from the mid nineties on maybe yes. early. Um, and I, we, I found super rare footage. I found footage of Jamie Lee Curtis before Halloween. She was on a game show called the $20,000 pyramid. Have you heard of that game show? Yes. She was a contestant. She was a contestant and she's on the show. And then the host says, what was the movie that you worked on? And she goes, Halloween. And he's like, what do you play a witch or something? <laughs> and she's like, no. And she, she had a, she was like miming with the knife. She, he goes, what's it about? And she's like, I mean, I play a high school student who gets attacked by this weird, weird guy. And she's like slashing with a, like with her hand. And I'm like, this was before Halloween. Um, you know, and so it's not like groundbreaking footage, but it's rare. And so what I did was I put, I cut these five episodes um, and we, we, um, made them live five o'clock every night Pacific time and, and thousands of people tuned in to watch it. And it was a lot yeah. of fun. It was a really a lot of just un, 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 um, covered a lot of really cool, super rare stuff. That's really cool. And for people who've been watching the podcast for, for a bit, you'll recognize uh, Lost River Driving. For one, if you're a true fan of the Halloween movies, besides Anthony, does anybody on any of the hosts know what Lost River Driving is? I believe I do. I, I, I actually seem to remember talking about it on one of our past shows, and it yeah, got me so interested in... Uh, first of all, I remember just hearing Anthony talk about the movie Halloween, and like it's always <laughs> refreshing to hear someone talk so passionately about a movie they love. And I went, watched it that season, because I, I watched probably like once or twice a year, and just with a whole newfound excitement to the viewing experience... Um, especially with just John Carpenter, I kind of like really dove into his filmography this year. But yeah, the drive-in, I've he heard so much about that from you guys, and I really wanted to go this past year. Yeah, Lost River Drive-In is the drive-in that was mentioned in Halloween 2. That's where uh, they said, somebody said they saw Michael Myers walk out behind. Um, yeah. One of the characters says, her friend Julie, she goes, my friend Julie saw Michael walking out behind the Lost River Drive-In, in that field behind the Lost River Drive-In. So that's just kind of where it comes from. Um, but to speak about Halloween, uh, and like the love for it and revisiting it, um, I'm actually hosting tomorrow night a black and white version of Halloween that, um, I don't know if you know who Kim Gottlieb Walker is. Kim, oh yes. yeah, the popcorn box, the popcorn box. Right here, yes. Ah. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so cool, you're such a horror nerd. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so tomorrow night, so Kim Gottlieb Walker was the, the on-set photographer for a bunch of John Carpenter's movies. And she has taken some amazing photos, uh, the only on-set backstage, like behind the scenes photos available for Halloween are from her. And um, yeah, that's it, that's the book. Yes. Right there. And she released a book called On Set with John Carpenter. And it's an incredible book, you gotta get this book. Um, amazing and she she not only took great photos they're just so well composed and, and the thing is though they're black and white all the photos are black and white so every time I see those photos I think I would love to see Halloween in black and white like what would that be like um, do you guys remember a movie called The Mist yes. yeah well they did a black and white version of that oh they had a color version of the black and white version and so I just you know created a black and white version we've got like 40 or 50 people that are going to do a zoom thing <laughs> tomorrow night um, PJ Souls wants to attend, so that'll be really cool. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a black and white version. I mean, that's the kind of, I love I love Halloween. I could talk about it forever. So, yeah, you got show us two pages in the book. You this and Jim could have your own show. Let me show you real quick. I'm going to take the cover off so I don't get it messed up. But 
me and um me and Luke, we went with some friends out to an art show out in Pasadena at Sugar Mint Gallery. And they that's where I met Miss Kim Gottlieb Walker. I don't know if you guys can see that at all. But that's Jamie Lee Curtis right there on the front stoop, that famous, that famous uh, spot, which most of us Halloween fans have been there very many, many, many times. Gotten to know the owners of the house. They're so great. But um, it, that's where we met uh, Kim. Luke was dressed up like the shape, which was really cool. But this, so I bought the book. I think I, I first... How does that even work? So I think... Um, that's the first time I met Kim, but then at Midsummer Scream, I went and bought the book from her, and she wrote it, and she remembered me. She goes, so she signed it for Jim, the world's greatest Halloween fan. Beware the shape, but enjoy the book. <laughs> I love it. She's so great. She's awesome. She's so sweet. I mean, I only met her like once, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's great that she put that book together because she really takes you through through all of his movies and she has she's such a great photographer and she captured the feeling of making that movie um and there's something about the the stills being in black and white it, it just makes it feel more you know, feel like a classic you know yeah it's really fantastic so we are going to move on a little bit we're going to come back and for the second half of the show we're going to find all about the world of anthony massey and his opinions on how halloween's going to be shaping up this year which is a, a very interesting topic but first Ben, I think Ben has the three scariest minutes in news for us. I do. All right. Uh, I was going to make a couple of edits to this, but I got caught up this afternoon with a, a home taped audition and stuff. So I have not really looked at this. I've looked at it a little bit, but I'll make some edits on the fly and we'll try to get it done in less than three minutes. Also known as Chippendales is what you're doing, right? Chippendales. Yes. It was my side hustle. So, I got your three minutes all queued up here, Ben. All right. So uh, I'm gonna count you down, man. We're gonna go Let's in three, two, one, go. It's the scariest three minutes of the week in horror news. Friday the 13th, 40th anniversary Blu-ray release. Has it really been 40 years since Mrs. Voorhees first terrorized us with her murderous rampage at Camp Crystal Lake, a precursor to the legendary terror fest of her son, Jason? It wasn't Jason in the first movie, guys, remember. Right. Paramount celebrates this horrific milestone by releasing a limited edition steel book Blu-ray and digital version of the film loaded with extras. The release has been bumped back to June 16th, 2020 from the original date of May 5th. Paramount added that this special edition will allow fans to, quote, plunge deeper into the film with bonus content, interviews with a cast and crew, and behind-the-scenes features. We here at Scare Guy have a special Friday the 13th 40th anniversary celebration coming up soon to celebrate the bloody birthday of the classic slasher franchise. HBO has made a deal to develop a series from the classic horror franchise Hellraiser with Two Halloween Elmer, David Gordon Green set to direct the pilot and several more initial episodes that bring to the small screen. For the first time, Pinhead, the iconic pincushion-domed villain who heads a group of pasty-faced villains sent from hell known as Cenobites. The idea is to create an elevated continuation and expansion of the well-established Hellraiser mythology. It is by no means a remake, but rather assumes the past mythology to be a given. 
The Haunting of Bly Manor, the second season follow-up to The Haunting of Hill House horror anthology on Netflix, wrapped production before the COVID-19 crisis hit and is waiting for a release date. Series creator-slash-director Mike Flanagan, also known for his work in the Stephen King-inspired film Doctor Sleep, recently wrote on social media that the next season is on schedule and we wrapped before the shutdown and post-production has carried on from home. The Haunting of Bly Manor, the second installment of this popular horror anthology, that seems a bit redundant, is based on The Turn of the Screw, the famed gothic horror novella by Henry James. Flanagan added that the upcoming season will also feature adaptations of several of James' other horror tales. (laughs) Scott Teams, who wrote the screenplay along with the director David Gordon Green of Halloween Kills, and Dan McBride, sorry, spoke to MovieWed, web about the sequel and dropped a few hints that fans of the franchise can hang their hats on quote i really can't say anything about the sequel he said but i am really excited about it i saw a rough cut of it a few weeks ago and i'm a little biased but my gut says that people who like the last one will be very excited about this one it's like the first one on steroids seconds man it's really the bigger badder meaner version of the first one halloween kills is headed for an october 16th release provided the COVID 19 pandemic is no longer a health threat. Sixteen seconds left. He killed it. He killed um, it. Well done. Also, uh, in connection to the Halloween franchise. Oh, sun sunglasses. Are you doing a music cue or? I'm, no, I was doing the. I was doing. They live because you 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 successfully yeah. oh, I, I, you successfully did it. You successfully no, no. completed the news. Uh, I was gonna say I can repost. I posted it on my Instagram a year or two ago, but I can repost my choose your own adventure Halloween flowchart on my Instagram page uh, because the entire Halloween franchise starts with Halloween, but then immediately following that there's several different paths you can take for which storyline you want to follow. Fantastic. And I don't think it's a, I can, I can, I can tell this. It's not a big secret. Like, so myself and Luke were actually uh, in, we're talking with Scott teams this week, the the co-writer of Halloween kills. And there was a, a, there was a 50-50 chance he was going to be with us on the show tonight, but he had to regretfully decline. He does not feel it is yet time for him to start discussing the movie. He doesn't feel like he's the one. It's going to come from the directors. And Scott Teams is a very, very um, humble person. He's a, such a good guy, and he does good stuff. He has another film that just came out this past weekend. If you want to look him up and find his film and support that, I suggest you do because I'm forgetting the name of his film right now. Oh, I got it. Anyways, Katie. Wait, wait, first of all, first of all. Hey, Anthony, did you hear what they said about the Halloween Kills film? Um, no, what? Well, I mean, you know what, what Scott Meeks said, how he thinks it's like the first film, but on steroids and extra mean and extra, a lot more ferocious and bigger. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I'm trying to avoid news for it because yeah. I really just want to go to it and see it. But, you know, on social, you can't really avoid everything. So I've seen a couple things. Um, I, I'm really excited about it because I thought the last movie was, was good. Um, yeah. But I really think this one's going to be amazing. I think with the whole cast coming back. and I know, I love it. Yeah, it's just going to, I think it's just going to be bigger and better. And and, um, and they're doing flashbacks to the original movie, yep. which that's what drove me crazy. I was like, oh, if they can do that right. Because in the, the last movie, they, you know, they don't show the Myers house um, it's a little like lacking in terms of Haddonfield feeling to me. Yeah, yeah, they were going to do that originally, but then they cut the scene out of the beginning. They were going to start back 
you know, with the original film, but due to kind of budget and different things, they had to cut it. But that's cool that they're now taking that to this film. Yeah. Not that thing, but it might be kind of different. And the film by Scott Teams was called The Quarry, Jim. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But first of all, um, our very own uh, final girl, Katie, is going to give us an update on horror conventions and, and whatnot that's been happening. Katie. Yeah, so uh, I was looking for, we kind of compiled a list of mostly film festivals, but also other horror events that may have already had to be rescheduled due to COVID-19. Uh, thankfully for the Halloween season, not a lot has been postponed or canceled yet, but with it an ongoing day-to-day -day situation, we'll keep you posted on if more happens. So first on this list is TerrorCon. Uh, this was supposed to happen from June 13th through 16th, so it is not too far away. It was canceled, that's in Rhode Island. And then June 19th through 21st, shortly after that, Monster Mash, which has moved from June, uh, has been moved to June, it says June 19th to 21st, I think that's a typo, Jim, but I'm guessing you mean like it's been moved later on from that date, so, yeah, no, yeah, no actually, worries. It's on June 19th to 21 right now, it was earlier, and I don't, Gotcha, I okay, gotcha, okay, sorry about that, y'all, anyway, so New Jersey Horror Con and Film Festival was in June, but is now going to be in September 25th through 27th in Showboat Atlantic City, which is where a lot of events are moving to, like late August, September, and all, every single one of the Day of the Dead conventions beginning in July are still scheduled to proceed as plans as of today, which is April 30th. Uh, we'll let you know if anything changes, stay tuned on Twitter, we'll let you know. Midsummer Screen, which you guys know is a big celebration in Southern California about all things, it is still pl planning to move forward and it's August, July 31st through August 2nd. So that's a big one that we all try to go to every year. And then there is the Overlook Film Festival, which is an annual horror fest. It's been scheduled for May 28th through 31 in New Orleans. It has been postponed. I wasn't able to find the date on that, but it has been postponed because it was supposed to be at the end of this month. And then Shriek Fest in LA is, is still scheduled on October 1st through 4th and in Orlando on November 7th. And they are having a, if you go to the website or you type in Shriek Fest on the computer, you'll be able to find it out. But it says, show us your Shriek Fest commercial. Got an imaginative spirit and a hankering for horror films. I mean, all of us. Uh, then we want you to help promote Shriek Fest, the longest running horror, sci-fi, and fantasy film and screenwriting competition in LA. So you can go to their website and they'll give you all the information on how to enter that contest, which I think is a pretty cool thing that could help people right now because I'm sure we can make some horror stuff in our own homes. I mean, there's, there's the supplies to do it. I mean, Luke's done it twice already today. So yeah, and then for more information, go on their website and Houston Horror Film Festival, September 4th through 6th. That's the new dates for that one. So yeah, and that's about it. Oh, and Halloween Horror Nights has not been canceled yet. They haven't made any announcements about that not happening. So I know that's what a lot of people are worried about because we all go to Horror Nights and everybody, that's the big one. Uh, as of now, it is still going ahead. They haven't made any other announcements for it, but we'll see if they might be postponing the announcements until the more is known. So yeah, but that's that for the week. So. Thank you, Katie. Welcome. So. Quit! Yeah. So here's that's thing. hilarious. <laughs> Gonna stop being funny? That's I don't my think so. Favorite thing to ever happen. I got 
This is a real night. Take a drink every time it happens. Take a drink every time that happens. Anyways, for those of you who are wondering, yes, this is a real pumpkin. No, these are not. Those are too pretty. But this is a real pumpkin. This past this past um, October, I headed up into the, a little bit north of Los Angeles, north of uh, Santa Barbara, and we picked up like a bunch of pumpkins and stuff. And I kept I kept some just specifically for halfway to Halloween because I. I, it's a new tradition I've been doing every year is to keep the pumpkins for halfway to Halloween. And I must say, it is time to... Gosh, I've never carved one this big before. So as I start carving this pumpkin, we're going to start talking to Anthony because this might take me a couple of days. <laughs> hey, Anthony, um, we, we first started talking about it, but I would love to know a little bit more about Lost River Drive and like the brand and like how that came about and kind of like stuff that you guys have done. Um, we talked a little bit for people who are watching this last October, one of the coolest events I've ever been to was going to the Lost River drive-in, actual drive-in to see how, <laughs> to see, to see, oh, I thought it was the pumpkin the whole time. It's this thing. But so like what we did is we um, went to the Lost River drive-in out at, it's the Mission Tiki drive-in theaters for a special showing of Halloween 2, which was fantastic. Right. Was it Halloween 1 and 2? Yeah, it was 1 and 2 because Halloween 2 is the movie where they mentioned Lost River Drive-In. Um, and so we just did both movies. And the, um, the drive-in actually rebranded itself as the Lost River. So they allowed everyone to put t-shirts on that said Lost River Drive-In, the popcorn box that you had. We had a newspaper out there that said Haddonfield Time. So it was as though you were in the movie Halloween. You were going to the Lost River Drive-In. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And... Um, we are planning a brand new event for this year, but because of what's happened, you know, it's, it's up in the air. Um, I guess I can tell you guys what it is. We, it's the 60th anniversary of Psycho this year. Whoa! Yeah, nice. I know. Go on, 60? 60 years, no way. 60 years? Yeah, and I, I remember I did um, the Psycho Legacy documentary on the series, and that was the 50th anniversary, and I, I can't believe it's been 10 years since that DVD came out. I'm like, holy shit, it's been, it's been 60 years, you know, um, already. So, um, you know where the Psycho House is? It's over at Universal and it's yeah. gorgeous and it's been sitting there and the hotel is there. And so we thought it would be really cool to watch Psycho and Psycho 2 right next to the, you know, the hotel, right in front of the house. Um, and we're talking to Universal about it and we put a formal pitch together. And so that all those talks kind of disappeared a little bit <laughs> or were put on hold when this thing happened. But it was, um, Katie, when you were mentioning Halloween Horror Nights, yeah. it's good to know that they haven't said anything yet because we wanted to do our event right before they did that. Because we obviously, I think, I think there's a tour that walks by the house during Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, it was so, yeah. it was closed last year for um, multiple reasons, but um, they didn't have the terror tram last year where you walk past the hotel. So I, I am hoping it's back this year. We haven't really heard anything about whether or not it's going to be back this year. But yeah, but usually yes, yes, usually. So what we wanted to do was time it right before that started, so that we could have the house and you know, um, and they they I don't think they've done anything like that before. I mean, it's an odd location and. People are admitted into the park. We're trying to figure out how to get people into the park just for that event and then leave and, and you know, make sure everything runs smoothly. And so that was the next, I mean, it's not a drive-in, you know, the Lost River yeah. drive-in is turning into like a more of a name 
than an actual drive-in. But we do right. events with really cool gifts. We're going to create some amazing swag. That's the thing. You come to a lot of a drive-in event and you see, you know, it's, a, it's an, experience, an immersive kind of experience. So we thought, oh, it's 60 years, you know, um, it's a great PR opportunity for the studio. Um, why not? I mean, the house is there. It's I mean, it's not a, a real house, but it's gorgeous. And, you know, what fun, you know. So that that's what was our next event. That is probably one of the coolest events I have ever heard of. Of course, this past Halloween, uh, twenty nineteen, you I could also say you had one of the coolest events I think I've ever heard of. Can you tell remind us of that one? Screamoween is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Okay. So again, all right. I, I think I mentioned this last time, but a couple of years ago, I did an event called Scream Comes Home, which was a big party at the house where they filmed the movie Scream. So the homeowner, um, we got him to agree to do a Halloween party at the house, at the same house. And we called it Screamoween. And it was a much smaller event. It was just literally people, you know, the idea was to have like a Halloween party in costume. It was a definitely a costume party, lots of alcohol and just playing, you know, birds, uh, what was it, Youth of America um, by Bird Brain and like blast that song throughout the house all night long. Well, what happened for the youth of America? It's <laughs> the best song. And when you walk up to the house and oh, you hear so that cool. song coming out, it's like, oh my God, I'm in the movie. Um, but what happened was on, on Halloween that week last year, uh, the house sits in uh, Sonoma County, which is like Napa Valley wine country. That whole area was on fire. They had these awful fires. And you probably remember those. Uh, yeah. yeah. The town was literally burning down. And oh. the Scream House sits right there. And so um, they had no electricity, roadblocks, airport closings, um, evacuations. And so three days before the event, we had to postpone it. We told everyone, I'm really sorry, but there's no way we can have this event because the town is on fire. So we rescheduled it for March 14th. So we had, we had Halloween. I and mean, we're talking about like halfway to Halloween. We're like almost halfway to Halloween in this gorgeous house, having this party on March 14th, all in costumes. People were wearing these incredible costumes. They were dressed like the characters, like Gail, Gail Weathers and Dewey and Kenny with the camera, all that. And um, it was really a lot of fun. Um, and it was the last weekend before the country went on lockdown. So that was my last social event was having a Halloween party in, in Stu's house. <laughs> But it, if it had been a weekend later, we wouldn't have been able to have yeah. the party because everything was shut down. So we, yeah. yeah. But it was fun. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty cool story. My last event before the country and me went down, I actually went down sick and I was sick with the, the, the bug for a few weeks. But um, Katie was with me and, and, and Luke was with me. We went to a Friday the 13th, 40th anniversary event on March 13th. Yes. I remember that. Remember that, Katie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll be showing, sharing those pictures at our Friday the 13th celebration, but that was a lot of fun. We, they yeah. have a big walkthrough at the theater and everything, and that was a lot of fun. And all I remember thinking is, boy, I hope I'm not getting sick. <laughs> That's all I because they had us all separated and everything. Yep. But needless to say, the next day I was down. So, but... We'll share those pictures with you guys later. That was yeah. cool. That was cool. So, um, Anthony, so do you? Besides the um, the the big event that you're having at Universal Studios, how is it like this event that you had just last week? What kind? You're doing those kind of events as well, like um, online and virtual events, and, and 
and the thing you're having on May the 1st, you know, tomorrow night, the black and white screen, that's such a cool thing that you're doing to connect fans while they're still at home. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, we're all at home and we all we all still love horror movies and, and we all we all don't want it to end, you know? I think the, the, the problem is you can't you can't leave your house, so it all has to be done online. But it's given me an idea, like Lost River Drive-In is really a, was supposed to be physical events, live events, but it's given me this idea to explore about doing online things. And I've had a couple of people contact me that have had documentaries that haven't been seen that, that I've seen now that are really good. So we're thinking of doing um, a lot more of those um, types of events. And you know, exclusive content, very niche, you know, for the horror fan. And I've, I've asked a bunch of my friends. I'm like, do you have anything that, like, like Daniel Harris? I, I made a movie with Danielle. Oh wait, 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 wait. Oh. That's our next. I, I, oh. I want to go into a little bit deeper with that because I, I, yeah, sure. I was able to check that out, and that's kind of an exciting thing to talk about. But first, I want everybody to watch as we remove the lid of the pumpkin. Yay! <laughs> Harris, if you can tell us, well, most people watching the show know who she is, but if you can give us a little bit of a rundown and then kind of tell us what you're about to say. Yeah, Dan Daniel Harris is a little girl, in, little girl in <laughs> Halloween 4 and Halloween 5. So you remember, he's the niece. She's Michael's niece that he's chasing. And then she was in Rob Zombie's two Halloween movies. So she played different characters in the same universe. We're going back then to your whole thing about pick your storyline. Um, but yeah, but she's 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 a scream queen. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's been in the Hatchet movies. She was in yep. um, Urban Legend, and you know Danielle's just a famous scream queen. So I met Danielle when I did my Halloween documentary, and we kept in touch. And so I had this idea to make um, a movie directed by scream queens. They're usually the ones that get killed in movies, and and Danielle wanted to direct. And so we made a movie called Madison, which is like a 17, 18 minute short. Um, and we filmed it at this really beautiful house up in Acton over five nights. And it's a story about a woman who's, uh, she's sitting at home and she's waiting for her boyfriend to come home and he's not coming home. And these weird sort of things start happening um, around the house. There's knocks at the door and she's put in danger and she kind of freaks out. And um, it was a very tight little story. And Danielle loved the script and I co-wrote the script. And um, yeah, we made this really fun movie. But the thing was that no one ever saw it because we never released, we never completed the film. So no one ever saw it. So that's what prompted the whole Dr. Dementia's week-long slash-a-thon. I was like, I texted her. Oh. I said, hey, you know, no one has seen this movie. Everyone's on lockdown. Maybe it's time to show Madison to the world. And you know, it is, you know, people love Danielle. And so, and she goes, sure, fine. So I went and dug the hard drive out and digitized it. And then I was like, hey, I've got all this other stuff as well, and so we created that week-long kind of uh, thing. Um, I've had a lot of people email me and saying, oh, I missed it, which I, I, I hate when I hear that, because I'm like, how could you have missed it? I advertised it everywhere. Um, yeah. But I might just rerun it again at some point. You know, I was one of the people who texted and said, I missed it. It's like, oh. you missed it. <laughs> but, but, yeah. um, I did get a chance to um, watch Madison. I 
watched all but like the last five minutes, so don't don't don't, don't talk about it yet. So I don't want I to ruin the end of the movie. <laughs> no, I don't want to give anything away. No, I want. People- no, but it was really really well done, and I the the lead character. What what's that like? The, the actress. Her name, name is Dana DeRay, and she. I love her. When you see this movie, oh, you guys hopefully eventually you see it. She plays Madison perfectly, and. Um, you know, I'm really picky. You know, like I, 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 in my mind, I'm like, we're never gonna find the right Madison. We're never gonna, you know. And, and <laughs> we did, and she was, so, and and she was Danielle's friend. So Danielle said, "Oh, I want my friend Dana to play this." And I'm like, "Oh God," you know. And she was so right. And Danielle was amazing to work with. Um, just it was a great experience. So I was That's really cool. happy people were able to finally see it. I really loved the scene in the police station. That one was so funny. It's so well done with, with the other lady. I, I really love that scene. Yeah, there's two other Halloween actors in it. There's Kathleen Kinmont, who was in Halloween 4. Uh, she's the one that says, fuck off, Wade, to that guy. <laughs> um, and J.C. Brandy, who played... She, she, J.C. Brandy replaced Danielle Harris in Halloween 6. Oh, so yeah. Danielle was supposed to be in that movie, and then if you went to go see it, you're like, wait, why is Jamie Lloyd being played by not Daniel Harris? Um, but J.C. Brandy is in it as well, so it's a little Halloween fun in there as well. That's awesome. So um, let's, let's open up the discussion a little bit. Did, you, did somebody else have a question before we moved on? I had a question real quick. Yeah. It's, it's not related to the, to the short film, but in, just in general about the events that you do and plan. Is there any type, uh, any horror film or classic that you haven't done an event for that you would like absolutely just dream of doing an event for? Ooh, that's good. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, similar to the Scream House, uh, the movie Black Christmas. There's a gorgeous house that uh, it's uh, Olivia Hussey is in this movie. Margot Kitty is in the Kidder is in this movie, um, and they play these sorority. It's a sorority house, and it's this big, gorgeous, beautiful house. And Black Christmas is probably it's in, definitely in my top three uh, favorite horror movies. And it's up the, the first one. Or the remake? Oh gosh, the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, there's been two remakes. The remake. Yeah, oh yeah, he means the original. That's what I'm the original. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Yeah, Not the first. So, yeah. And so I would love to do what we did for Scream at that house. Um, it's just such a beautiful house and the whole movie takes place there and the killer is like, if you, have, if you haven't seen it, they don't hide the fact that you see, it opens with this guy through his POV and he's crawling up the side of this house off uh, this trellis on the side of a house and he crawls into the attic and he starts calling the co-eds that live there and he's, the phone calls are just horrific. They're vulgar and obscene, and all these girls gather around and they're listening to this. She's holding the phone, and everyone's listening to this horrific call, um, and people start dying. And it, it sounds like, like really, that's the movie, but it's directed yeah. by Bob Clark, and he made Bob Clark directed um, a Christmas story, the comedy, a Christmas story, <laughs> and he made this movie, and it is so scary. I mean, I, I, I you know, I'm, it is super scary, and you, you hardly, yeah. Yeah. And you and you hardly see the killer. You, in fact, you don't see him, yeah. and yet he terrorizes you. So I would highly recommend you see. Black and Christmas. he made Porky's so he could make a Christmas story. So wait, when it, did that come before Porky's even? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, it did definitely because Black Christmas was 1974. Right. It was four years before Halloween, which is noteworthy because mm. it could have been what Halloween was. It just, I think it's, it was a Canadian film. It had a different title when they first released it, which I, I can't believe I'm remembering right now. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, but it's absolutely terrifying. It really is. And, I think it's also because people were more willing to accept death and destruction on Halloween than they were on Christmas. Yeah. But it's, Halloween, yeah. Was more, Halloween was more fun, too. There's a lot more fun in it. Black Christmas yeah. goes, I mean, Black Christmas has some really funny moments. There's like a, the woman that runs the house and oversees the women, like she's this lush and she's hiding alcohol in all the toilets. Like she'll go in the bathroom and take, pick the thing up and pull out a bottle. And, well, you know, it's, there's a lot of those moments, but what they really go for it. And um, it's much darker, but it, the Christmas setting, the whole, the whole idea that it's taking place around Christmas and this guy is, he's, you, he, you, piece together because he's talking about Agnes and Billy and and it's just like what the fuck and he's a true maniac and no one knows he's upstairs it's it's awesome <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong I actually just saw that film for the first time last year and I was like getting really into it uh, uh, I I read that Margot Kidder actually had like no confidence in the movie while they were making it she didn't think it was going to be like a hit and she didn't do much press for it and now that it has this big cult following I, I just know that in recent years, she was she's always been like, "Wow, I'm so surprised like that this has become what it what it is now." But when it was coming out, I think that was a reason why a lot of people didn't see it, uh, just because it was unlike anything that had really come out before, um, especially when it's like a horror movie involving Christmas. I gotta tell you, it's the first time I've heard that. I had no idea. I had no idea about that. Um, she's like she's embraced it since, but it's interesting track record for the movie it's interesting it's like i can see it now and go oh that was that was not that she had no foresight whatever but think about it you know those when you watch the movie those phone calls are like i would be thinking as an actor there's no way this movie's gonna get distributed with what he's saying and back in like 1974 it was so obscene and you know so she probably was like what did i get into <laughs> but but yeah, well, hey, who knows? And I think that's the beauty of horror movies too. You sometimes you don't know, you know. Well, she went on to star in one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Amnibel Horror, later that decade. Yeah. So I loved it. Yeah. So let me ask you, Anthony, we are kind of having a look at our time, our clock here. Are, are you working on any video projects lately or anything that, that you have worked on lately or anything coming up? Because you, you've made quite a name with being very involved with documentaries, documenting all kinds of different film series. Yeah, I'm doing a new documentary. Um, well, new, actually we've been working on it for a year on the Paranormal Activity movies. There's been six of them. And yeah. uh, they announced the seventh one and they're developing it all this year. And it's supposed to come out next year. Um, and we've, we've done all of our interviews. We interviewed everyone from the series, except for two people, which we, um, we would, would have been done by now. But those are those are done, and so that's our next one is to tell the story of paranormal activity. the The reason I thought it was a great my my friend Nate is a co producer on the project Nate Reagan, and he texted me one night and said, "Let's do a documentary on paranormal activity." And I was like, "They're probably so well documented." The thing about all these horror movies, every time you pick up a DVD, like I've got Halloween two here, you know, and it's like the bonus features on the back are like endless. So I assumed that all the paranormal activity movies had you know, commentaries and bonus features. And Nate said to me, there's nothing, nothing, zip, zilch, nothing. So I was like, that can't be six movies and there's no bonus features. And he said, nothing. So um, that's why I'm doing it for the first time. Everyone in the series is talking about how they make these movies. Paramount, we interviewed oh. everyone at Paramount. Where it's a co-production with Paramount. Um, and they talked about this insane way that they make these movies. I mean, 
when you think about the paranormal activity movies, they aren't really about anything because there's surveillance footage. It's surveillance footage. And people come walk in this frames, there's always static shots. People come walking in and walking out. There's no story. So, but yet they've made six movies with no story. So they've implied things here and there. And, um, and they take a year to make some, and they, they shoot movie after movie. One person said for like Paranormal Activity 5, they were like, or Paranormal Activity 6, they're like, you know, we shot nine movies. They threw out eight of them. And then <laughs> the nature of the way they make the movie is they just spitball, they riff. And the director shows up and says, okay, today we're gonna, we're gonna put the fan over here, a dog's gonna bark and the cabinet's gonna open. You know, and, and we're gonna build a scene around that. And then, and then they spend a week doing that. And then they watch it, they throw it out and go, man, we don't like us, try something else. And so I'm like, my mind is exploding because I'm going, wait, this is a studio. The last thing, every studio doesn't do that when they make a movie, they try to make the budget as small as possible. They, they shave the days down. And, and for, for Paranormal Activity, it's the complete opposite. It's excessive expensive um and it's fascinating <laughs> so so there's a real yeah. story there there's a real story there and, and it's been fun and, and i'm doing that i'm working on that does any, anyone have any questions i do have one question and then i'll open open up the floor my question is um is there any should, do you have any idea when when that documentary will be ready and coming out that's not my question well the good thing is that yeah well uh, the good thing is that you know our interviews are done so with the exception of two and we can slot them in at the end um but yeah we're hoping to complete it sometime this year and paramount wants to leverage the documentary to re-engage fans to watch the new movie and, and it's a great position to be in as a documentarian it justifies your project so that's the plan for it i, I can you give us Go ahead, Ryan. Go. Oh, sorry, I had a quick question just about, um, you know, it, Blumhouse does, I think they've done the majority of the paranormal activity films, if not all of them. They've done all of them. Done yeah. all of them. And uh, like what you were saying earlier about coming, I guess, on set and having just a bunch of ideas, almost spitballing, that seems to fit with their model, at least with horror movies, in that they'll make just like 12 really low budget films. And if one, one is just like a massive success, it kind of fits or pays off the rest just because of how yeah. little they're spending on all of these films uh i'm curious like do you do you learn any insight particularly with these paranormal activity movies was that a building block for their entire format because i feel like they were some of the first films that were really starting to establish that model for them yeah well like oren uh, oren pelly who wrote directed the whole first movie he shot that movie i think in a week in his own home um, and had no interference from a studio. My you know, gosh. Just, right. And he spent six months auditioning people. Now, this is a guy who was not a filmmaker. I think, I think he, was, he was a statistician or something. He was not a filmmaker. Key point. And then he just said, his girlfriend says, you know, I think there's some, his girlfriend gave him the story idea. It was like, I think something's going on. And he was like, oh, that'd be a great movie. And then he, he sets out to make this movie. And then he um, casts Katie Featherson, and Mika Sloat, but he waited six months. He auditioned hundreds of people. And I was like, that alone to me, I mean, he, he, he put the movie first wow. and, and um, waited until he had two actors that had amazing chemistry. Um, and, and, but he did, it, he's, he did that movie in a week for like $15,000. It made $193 million. 
Um, it's just... That's not what the studios did with any of the other films. It's like they 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 liked the results, but thought they could get to it in a different way. Mm. And as the films were being made, they were veering away from what he did, and they found value in sort of the the excessive procedure of getting all this footage. There are locations that they used that they shot weeks in that they never made it to the movie. Um, it's just, yeah, if you're a filmmaker, you're going to want to see this documentary because you're going to yeah. be like, that's crazy. I mean, they... it, it, that model, that business model is so fascinating. I sometimes feel like it, it, it opens people's eyes when they hear that statistic, but they also think yeah. like, oh, well, it's all, it might be just a cheap way to make a quick movie. But no, I mean, I, I really do think when you hear that they spend that much time like getting the actors, getting the chemistry. It's just really smart filmmaking. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say who it was, but one of one of our interviewees said they kind of left the business after that because they were like, "I just that was so wasteful." There was, I mean, I, I don't even want to specify gender, but they were like literally going, "I was so That's disgusted." A tease. That's a tease. It. But I thought it more. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask him. Hey, Anthony, if you could give us one little intriguing tease to make us want to see this documentary when it comes out what would it be what would be like a little nugget oh god there's a bunch um do you guys remember the um demanded campaign i don't know if you remember that but when paranormal activity came out it was a yes. there was a company called demanded and it was and it was like well if you want to see the movie you have to demand it in your city yep and so they did this with a whole bunch of movies and Paranormal Activity really broke through with that because when they distributed the movie, they basically said to, they advertised all over the internet and they're like, the only way you're going to get to see Paranormal Activity is if you go to our website and demand it. Well, they got so many people. Um, but I heard of, all I've heard is that the Demanded campaign was this genius campaign that Paramount's marketing group came up with to advertise this movie. And I've heard another side to that story that it wasn't this genius thing it was almost like they i don't want to say this but it was almost like they didn't have faith in the movie and so they were like well we'll only do it if you demand it um but jason blum it was pretty genius and we had a long discussion with him and he had he's a he's where he is today because he's a great producer and he he navigated all those waters amazingly well also uh steven spielberg was key he's our last interview we're trying to get him to do an interview he was key to getting this movie made as well because somebody at the company i think her name is ashley brooks we interviewed her she gave him the dvd and said you have to watch this so he takes it home he watches this movie and then right after he watched it he got locked out of his bedroom where he was watching the movie and he's like he, he said my bedroom door never locked before <laughs> <laughs> And so he had to break into his own bedroom and then he went back to you know, put it in a plastic bag and threw it on Ashley's desk. And he was like, get this shit away from me, you know, change the ending and we'll release it or something like that. But uh, he got locked out of his bedroom after. <laughs> after this was Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just thought That's that was fantastic. Funny. Oh, and by the way, when uh, one other thing that happened, not really to me, but when we went to talk to Paramount about doing this, we had this amazing meeting and my partner in this is Rachel Bolofsky who runs ScreenFest and she discovered Paranormal Activity. So it was her festival that Oren submitted his video to. Everyone else passed on it and she saw it. And so she's my business partner. She's a lovely friend. Um, so Rachel and I go to this meeting 
And then when we left, we got home and somebody that was in the meeting, one of the women that was in the meeting emailed us and said, you're not going to believe this. Right after our meeting, I went back to my office. I opened my door and my paranormal activity poster fell off the wall and the glass shattered. <laughs> and um, she's like, that poster is like bolted to the wall. And so we thought that was cool too. Of course, we're attributing it to a ghost, but um, all right, I love those stories. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the documentary. We do kind of have to come to the end of the show, guys, but we're going to end with this one question. Round the horn, quick, short answer. We'll end with Anthony. We'll start with Katie. Um, how, how do you, let's let this happen. How do we what, Jim? How do we what? What's your idea of how Halloween's going to occur this year? What is it going to be like? What is your hope? Katie, let's go. I think it'll be different but I think it'll be something that makes everybody happy that they can do something and go out again, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, what do you think? I'm hoping that we're going to be, I, it's definitely going to be different. I think there's still going to be uh, a lot of things in place that are going to be social distancing and that sort of thing, but I'm hoping we're going to be on an upslope by then. Uh, that is, a, you know, another six months away. So hopefully we'll be on an up swing by then but i don't know it's getting it's cheese definitely gonna be different oh sorry cheese man <laughs> i think people will be wearing lots lots of masks during halloween there'll be lots of masks being worn during halloween is my prediction yeah more than ever yep record-breaking masks what do you think anthony I think the same thing. I, I posted something on Facebook the other day that said, Can I, should I wear my screen mask grocery shopping? Because I'm like, it's probably a better mask than that yeah. little, you know, and mixed results. I had a lot of people going, yeah, go for it. And then I had responsible you know, people going, don't scare people. Um, but yeah, I think exactly um, what Luke just said is, is everyone's going to take have a lot of fun with that. If, but I also agree with Ben that we're going to be on an upslope too. I really hope so. I do too. I, I feel like we passed the crest. We just have to do what it takes. Ryan, what do you think? I think we need to get out of here. Uh, you guys can find me at Ryan Nilsson on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm really curious where we can find everyone else. Ben Cleaver, how about you, man? Hey, everybody. My name is Ben Cleaver. You can find me on all social media at B-E-N-K-L-I-E-W-E-R. And remember, people always ask me, why are you drinking out of that red cup? Well, it's because whenever Ben Cleaver shows up, it's always a party. Hey. Uh, I'm Katie, aka The Final Girl. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at KT underscore Christine or on other shows on Afterbuzz Network. Cheeseman. And I'm Cheeseman on the Couch. You can find me on thescareguy.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at Cheese on Couch. Anthony, where can we find you? Just go to my website. It's massymedia.net. You can find all my info there. And we'll have it posted on our website. You can find me at thecomguy.com, also at thescareguy.com. <laughs> and I will be carving this pumpkin until I'm done. Be checking our social media in the next couple of days to see how this turns out. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Anthony, thank you so much. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.